I did that just to make John joke. <laughs> Success. I'm hoping that if you do enough of an Irish accent, it will eventually rub off on me. It's unlikely because I because almost everybody has a different one. In, ah, in keeping with Ireland. That's fair. Um, but you know, it could be. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and and Darrow's accent is actually like a like a southwestern Scottish brogue. Mm. Uh, so accents like, where, where's your accent from? Oh, it's from that hill over there. Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't by, sound by like the people someone... from over that that hill down that way. <laughs> yep. By listening to someone, you can absolutely, if you're if you're fluent, you can absolutely tell what town they were, what country they were born in, and what town in that country they were born in, and possibly what part of that town they were born in, if it's a large town. <laughs> and that's also true of Ireland. Is, like is the city, it, the city of Cork is a large city, and so it has about seven regional accents, and so. You can tell a north sider boy from a south sider. So did they like work really hard to like maintain these accents? Cause that's like who they are and where they're from. No, I feel like we've got just, like quite a few accents natural. in the United States, but I feel like people don't necessarily, I don't know. Yep. We don't have as many and I don't feel like we kind of hold to them as much. I think it actually has a lot to do with geography. Um, mm -hmm. The more, the more like and a country time. and poverty and time and time. Yeah. Like it, the, the more time you have, the more mixing of people and the more voices, the things get homogenous. But if there's like geographical features that make it hard to move from one place to another, um, you'll see a lot more variation, I think, in dialect. And I think their accents persist in Ireland because it's a, you know, maybe you're right, Matthew, on some subconscious level, that it's a statement of identity. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm in Dublin, but I'm not from Dublin. Right. I'm not going to talk like a Dubliner. I'm going to double down on my accent because I'm going to be who I am. Mm -hmm. Right. But and then interestingly, the Irish lose their accent almost immediately in America. <laughs> Well, because to us, they're all Irishmen, and so they're all like right. Because there's no value there. It's here. like, oh, you're you're Irish. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a specific kind of Irish. Right. Right. That's that piece of country that's connected to England. No, that's Scotland. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I mean. All right. Okay, are you guys next to Scotland? Oh my God. <laughs> it's like you know what. I'm just going to speak in a freaking California accent for all the trouble you guys are giving right. me. Okay. I'm going to do this to tell myself when to start the video. Welcome to uh, a simple communion story, uh, an archive tale, Marriage of Serpents, episode five. Uh, a Marriage of Serpents is a uh, is a story set in the on the island of Maur, um, where uh, the gods have fallen and the gods fall wars, and the dragon that is the spirit of the land has also perished. And ten years on, um, life has returned and the seasons pr pr proceed as normal, although the rage of the serpent is still uh, legendary, and um, peaks up from time to time. Uh, 
This is a story set in the southern kingdom of Tuhal in its capital, Kerkuval. <clears throat> and um, uh, in last episode, which was episode four, also uh, shared a the same title as episode three, The Child. In episode four, we met um, Darrow and Paul um, could find his notes. Darrow and Tara Oboin, um, both from um, the kingdom, the fallen kingdom of Alay that lies to the east in the boggy lands up against the ocean of Tuhal. And um, we met Darrow and Tara Oboin, who are, um, could reasonably be described as uh, excessively open. <clears throat> Uh, at their home in uh, the old market district, uh, where once there was in fact a market, maybe 10 years ago. And uh, the, the blue-white builder ribbon of the road uh, passed seamlessly through, providing easy transit uh, to the east and north and up to the other kingdoms. And since the transition after the God's Fall Wars, um, the builder structures have become at best unreliable and at worst malicious and have even been described as carnivorous. Um, and so the new market, uh, the old market having fallen into a boggy state was largely abandoned for the new market, uh, which is across the, um, the ribbon and a little farther away from it on Tuhal's Northern Road. And the, the now old market is a residential place and apparently an excellent place for growing leeks because Darrow and his wife Tara O'Boyne, Darrow being a, a fighter at the Proving Grounds, uh, an old, a very old fighter at 30, um, they, uh, they have a not a small plot up against the hill um, where they have a, a large and thriving leek farm. And uh, they were introduced to the, the wizard uh, Kian and his uh, motley um, monster companions, as Tara dubbed them, um, not in an unwelcoming way. And uh, speaking of monsters, uh, let's, have the, let's have all of the, the cute monsters, starting with Kian, introduce themselves. Uh, well, Kian is a, a Dree uh, wizard. By the way, I'm John Schiavone. I'm playing Kian Gallagher. Uh, Kian is a Dree, a wizard, and so by two hall standards, probably the greatest of monsters as a practitioner of magic. Um, he was originally from Kahal, the sister kingdom and not rival of Tuhal, um, <laughs> uh, but was caught uh, in acts of espionage and was therefore as his punish, punishment bonded um, to one of the noble houses in Tuhal. So he's allowed to practice magic, but basically as a servant or, a, or more accurately a slave. And this is Matthew Melville. It, sorry, and you are? Hmm? Me? Did I miss you saying your name? I, I did say my name. Yeah, oh, I'm John sorry. Mm -hmm. okay. Please go on, ignore it. <sighs> And this is Matthew Melville. I play Cecile and Sisyphus. Um, 
and they are two of the um, lizard folk from the swamp known as the, um, why does my mind always blank? <laughs> the Surin? The Surin. Thank you, John. <laughs> but they're known as the Surin. Um, and they come from a free swamp um, with basically um, Neolithic technology, Stone Age. And um, they've come into the human kingdoms on their own quest into a place where all their people are enslaved and they're constantly at risk of discovery. And they've had, um, they have reason to believe that this tree wizard has information and a destiny that is entwined with their people. And so they've been following him around and trying to um, see what the, the dragon with his dying breath has um, left his favorite people in their time of need. I'm Dale Frankie. <clears throat> I'm playing a character called Claiborne that appears to be a layer of sentient mud uh, bound around uh, a skeleton. Um, I have interesting ideas about socialization. Uh, Sentient mud. Sentient mud. With surprises inside, we learned. Nice. Oh, there, there are, there are surprises within. <laughs> Excellent. Alrighty. So, welcome to episode five, the beloved. Ah. We begin the we begin the beloved uh, ensconced in the um, in the home, although probably more properly a dun um, of Darrow and Tara O'Boyne, who have taken these three these four monsters uh, in and offered them hospitality uh, by by deed, by attitude, and by act, um, and have received. Um, uh, fine, uh, uh, fine response from those they are hosting. Um, <clears throat> spilling some of uh, the details of their investigation into the closure of the Proving Grounds and uh, some of their startling discoveries, such as the death of Bin Odair, um, they inspired Daru to go and um, speak to, uh, to go and speak with uh, the missing uh, Donal Olu, uh, who lives nearby in the old market. And uh, so he has departed, leaving them in the uh, capable company of his long braided, uh, broad shouldered wife's Tara's company. Uh, and perhaps more importantly, uh, the company of her uh, storytelling mind and sharp, salacious tongue, as she outlined for them, uh, as her as her husband dryly, without skill, honor, or interest, she would say, outlaid for them um, the story of the rivalry between Bin O'Dare and Donal Olu, which of course uh, involved a woman. 
<clears throat> and so um, as she uh, as she revolves around them um, as they uh, sit uh, first in the dun at the large table by the hearth and then outside uh, as she gathers and prepares uh, vegetables from the garden for a, for a real meal, as she says. Uh, she spins for them the, um, the salacious and intrigue-laden uh, story of, uh, of the woman that came between uh, Donal and Ben. And to present us with this story, we have Matthew and John. Um, so I think with with uh, with great relish and um, singing a song that it's unclear whether she has come up with this song on the spot or she had overheard this song since. Um, but she she tells them the story of Kara and Donald um, and Ben and uh, Kara and Donald Donald had a had a spat a lover's quarrel and um, been out of uh, great jealousy, thinking that Donal had been sleeping with Ben's wife. Um, although that it's unclear whether that was actually true or whether that was been his own paranoia or jealousy. Uh, but whatever the reason, he definitely wanted to embarrass Donal. And when he found out that Kiara and Donal had a, a lover's quarrel, he thought he could use that. And so he tried to manipulate Kara into uh, this kind of scheme where she would call out Bin's name and hold up a flag. Uh, but Bin, the thing that Bin didn't quite realize is that Kara and Donald, their uh, affair was quite volatile. And it was just as likely that they were to make up as it was for them to to be uh, fiery at each other. Um, and so within you know, a few short days, they had actually made up. Uh, and yet there was still several more days to go before the big fight uh, where Donald and Ben were going to fight each other at the Proving Grounds. And so having made up, Kara kind of sheepishly admitted to Donald that, oh yeah, that that Ben, uh, he was, he's, he tried to get me to do a thing. And, you know, I, I, I was going to do it because I was so angry at you, but, you know, uh, I'll just, I'll tell him to fuck off. Uh, but Donald uh, kind of pissed at Ben for even coming up with this to begin with, uh, told her to go along with it, go ahead. Uh, but instead to add something uh, to the flag that she was, she was kind of crafting uh, that Ben had kind of tried to convince her to show during the arena. And uh, Matthew, you, you had ideas for what that flag looked like. Mm. So in usual with LA, there's a, a blue horizon line. Um, and that was replaced by a brown um, smear of mud, kind of going back to the fact that LA has a lot of swampland and it's a very wet and kind of muddy place. And it's kind of been a old insult that Alay is the kingdom of mud that goes back centuries. And she was aware of that, but she was um, less aware of the other insult. Um, uh, the 
it's the family Boyne, right? O'Dare. O'Dare, so sorry. Ben O'Dare. The Ben O'Dare. Um, a lot of times their, um, their crest was um, laced with, um, it's not airmine because I don't think those are native to the island, but there is like um, a white fox fur that they would um, coat their, um, uh, their heraldry with. Um, but she had him replace it um, with um, this brown fur. And while um, it wasn't true wolfen fur, it is the, the signal of the wolfen of Alay. And by doing that, um, it connotes the idea that um, his families had merged and might, might have even intermingled with the wolfen. And so it kind of um, suggests that he is of mixed race and that the, these humans had mixed with the slave race of the wolfen and been with the dogs, so to speak. Yeah, wow. the, the, the original flag's her, heraldry was the O'Dare heraldry, which she was, she was supposed to display prominently as she called out Ben's name. Right. And, it, and so she just made a few alterations, and now it basically was calling the O'Dare a, a clan of half-breeds. Mm-hmm. Um, Muddy, half-breeds. Muddy half-breeds. Muddy half-breeds, yeah. Which Donald is, is also of clan Alay, but this is the... O'Dare's kind of mm-hmm. their heraldry. Um, and so she called out Ben's name. And, oh, and, and all his supporters recognized mm. it and started chanting um, dog warrior, dog warrior, dog warrior when he went out to fight. And um, the crowd always eager to kind of go along with anything that seemed like fun and would kind of rally people together um, took up the chant. And so he was greeted as he came up onto the proving field with dog warrior, dog warrior, um, with the focal point being this banner um, that brought shame to his family. Um, yeah. And so needless to say, that did not go the way Ben expected it to go. Uh, and he was enraged. Uh, and Donald, I think, did not really expect the the fury to have as large an effect on Ben's performance as it did. I, I think he suspected it would make him unfocused, but it actually didn't. Ben um, nearly slaughtered Donald in the arena in front of everybody, and they, after having beaten him soundly and had making him submit and running his face into the mud, um, and it was clear that the match was over. He would he would have continued and killed him if not. Um, some other warriors kind of leaped out and pulled uh, Ben off of him. And so that's, that's why this became such a notorious kind of people wrote songs about it. Uh, and it kind of spread widely as a result. And so it actually embarrassed him even further because of the, the shame of having kind of nearly murdered somebody in the Proving Grounds. After Particularly that popular song um, that yeah. did not mention either of the participants, but everybody kind of knew who they were talking about, um, kind of had allusions to this fight. And the, the song was known as Don't Kick the Dog. <laughs> and it's all about a master um, and his dog, and he mistreats the dog and kicks the dog until one day the dog rises up and... Um, kills him in front of the crowd and this kind of gets sung around 
And then the children took it up, not even knowing what um, the original thing was. And this has been a further embarrassment to, I think at this point, both warriors. Wow. Nearly brought down and killed and the other known as the dog warrior. So I think that's the story. Tara tells it with, with probably uncharacteristic, like an inappropriate delight. <laughs> mm. Lots of sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and I, I don't know if this is consistent with your notes, I didn't want to assume, but I, I also think Kiara got, went missing after that. Mm. Oh. Oh. Wow, thanks guys. Mm -hmm. Paul's taking a lot of notes. <laughs> Lovely, well, thank you for your efforts. Um, I'm going to award you uh, each a gold juice. Um, and so, as you know, you can use juice to um, to add power to a role, you can add, you can use, um, you can use juice to create a, a status tag, particularly for yourself. Um, but you could, you could also involve it in doing a change the game for creating a status tag for the scene or for others. So, for example, and and so a, a gold juice, um, like gold itself, does not tarnish with time. So a uh, juice that you generate with a change the game move um, are, are iron. It immediately begins to rust. Um, and, uh, but this gold juice is eternal and strong and beautiful. And so um, you can save it and use it when you need it. Yay. Nice. Lovely. Um, and, um, and so, uh, so the telling, uh, uh, Tara's telling is long and full of asides, full of, um, unimportant, but utterly delicious, uh, side salacious details of everyone involved in the story and many of their family members besides whose uh, ignominy um, clearly does not pertain to the story, but, um, but, like, uh, but like the many vegetables she is adding to the stew that she's making as she tells the story, uh, each adds something that the whole would be lesser without. Um, and although it is certain that uh, the characters uh, which she assassinates with her words over the course of the telling are not so uh, clear and stark edged in, in the real world as they are in her story. But nonetheless, um, you, have a, you have a mental picture and a clear thought of what kind of person each of these people are by the time she finishes the story uh, and the stew and the... Uh, and the ground oat bread, uh, which she pulls from the uh, from the cinders of the fire, 
and um, breaks off the uh, the outer coating of the the outer the outer coating of meal, um, and then um, uh, she uh, and she serves the um, um, the uh, the steaming. Uh, pot of broth, which uh, had been there, the, or the stew, uh, which had started as a steaming pot of uh, onion broth that had been cooking um, since the morning, and uh, which she enhanced over the telling and and with um, the bubbling power of fire, uh, with turnips uh, and leeks uh, roasted in the fire, and many other delightful things uh, besides. And those of you who can drink are um, uh, uh, bullied into doing so. Um, <laughs> gently bullied into doing so, uh, into to drinking more of Daru's honey wine um, and then some small portion of beer. And then uh, with the meal itself, um, to, to cleanse the palate after an anise flavored pochine. So an anise flavored, um, uh, white liquor, mm. um, and uh, she is not. Uh, she is either not the kind of refined person who has uh, the water of life, uh, Wishkabaha, uh, or uh, she's not wasting it on you. <laughs> what is the water of life? Whiskey, Wishkabaha. Ah. Mm. is the water of life. Um, but she does offer you pochin. Mm. Which means uh, like the little pot. It's a mm. it's a it's a still brewed thing that you you make in little pots. Okay. <clears throat> um, and uh, at some point, she comes um, back from one of the sheds uh, out at the edges of the field uh, because. They, they apparently make uh, their own clay, as you can see from many of the clay items, because the hill, um, the base of the hill is a, apparently a fine clay. And um, she brings a, a, a plate uh, that in, in every way is more finely and brightly colored uh, of its contents than her stew and bread and drinks. Uh, and sets it out for Claiborne with a sort of shrug. Um, and there's a small amount of uh, hard, uh, unbaked but hard clay, you know, clay that would need to be worked on it. And mm -hmm. then, um, and then arranged uh, in a, uh, in a pattern um, uh, which is reminiscent of the old patterns used to represent the dragon are a number of uh, brilliantly colored pigments, which are uh, rarefied uh, uh, ores that she's gotten from somewhere to color the colorful clays um, that decorate her house and, and make her plates and other wares. That's quite the hospitality. Wow. I wasn't certain if you drank or ate, especially. Um, but we're just coming up um, on a season where we'll get some fine 
cut oak and we've been preparing for a new uh, set of clay for me to sell at the market. So mm -hmm. I thought you might like to sample the goods. Since I'm uncertain how turnip stew will sit for you. Thank you very much, lady. I have never been offered this sort of hospitality. I am moved. It's only a fitting gift. Salt is a salt and clean salt at that is a fine and precious gift. Um, Kian kind of glances over at Claiborne and then looks at Tara. It's unexpected that a denizen of Tuhal would receive us with such equanimity. Well, you forget we're not from Tuhal. Fair enough. And to us, this is a palace fit for kings, and I have decided to be a queen. <laughs> and your husband, is he a king? <laughs> or jester, I think. <laughs> but one with a broad back and many uses. <laughs> and um and then and then uh, soberness uh falls over her thick not unlovely features um although most of the loveliness of tara um seems to be within her um and she she looks at the at the remnants of the meal uh now dotting um now dotting the table and the place where um, Sisyphus has, has uh, laid down in front of the hearth and is licking the cauldron out with his long tongue. <laughs> where once probably there was intended to be turnip stew for tomorrow. <clears throat> the sun is definitely set outside and Dero has not returned. I was about to ask you about that. Been hours. Donald's house is only a modest walk from here. You want us to, to go look for him? It isn't impossible that the talk and the day in your arrival have inspired something in him and he ran into people and was and laid himself at a public house. That didn't seem the look on his face when he seemed headed out seemed quite focused. Yes. Well, 
to be fair, he has been struck in the head quite a number of times. But yes, I am. Hmm. Uh, Kian stands up. I think um, you were going to pay Donald Lu a visit anyways. Isn't that right? Yes. He glances back at Tara. Do you think Donald, aside from his prowess as a warrior, you understand, is he a dangerous man? Um... can be when provoked. Is Daru common to provoke him? <laughs> well, Boyan and Lou are a provocation in and of themselves. Perhaps we shouldn't have let Daru leave. I think that <laughs> describing it as allowing my husband to leave is perhaps a bit misled, but um, yes, if you wouldn't mind taking an after-dinner stroll by Donald's house and seeing if all is well, I would appreciate it. I'll inquire with a neighbor who's uh, son works at the public house that my husband favors. If we find him drunk at a public house, I'll be sure to twist his ear for you. <laughs> she, 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 uh, she stares pointedly at your arms and says, perhaps have the big one do it. <laughs> I didn't say I would do it if you were sober. <laughs> <laughs> or awake. Kian heads for the, the exit and kind of looks back to see if the others are following. Yeah. Absolutely. I can imagine Sisyphus picking up the cauldron and trying to sneak it out of the house. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, <laughs> Cecile just kind of clicks his tongue at him. <laughs> Sisyphus just kind of looks at it and just sort of puts it down sorrowfully. <laughs> Cecile kind of comes over on his, on his um, arms, then climbs up. She seems um, like she might say something and then thinks better of it. And um, so you pass uh, out into the gathering dark. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Claiborne 
when he walks away from uh, the table and uh, his plate, um, th there's a lump of clay in a in in a very smooth ball in the center of the plate, uh, and the clay has been um, basically uh, it's it's been purified. Um, it has no bubbles within. Uh, it, it has the perfect moisture level um, and is uh, incredibly smooth. And it, it, it will it will be it will make a joy of a bowl. Mm. It can't be said that <clears throat> Donald Alou's house, that, that, that Donald Alou has um, spent himself as his um, uh, pit companion, Darrow has. Um, his house is um, uh, a mud-walled affair uh, at the edge of um, and probably beyond the edge of um, a proper peat, the proper peat boss ma, peat moss bog that uh, has begun to take root at the edge of the old market. Um, and there are obvious signs that um, a number of stones have been, river stones presumably have been brought from elsewhere and uh, laid around the foundations of the, the mud walls to support them, but they have clearly um, sunk into the bog and served as um, a base for the, for the moss uh, to grow up and uh, onto the edges of the house which seems like a good idea until you, re until, um, you pause to consider that um, in a, perhaps a magical way, sphagnum moss, which forms the peat moss bogs, uh, brings its own soil and water with it as it goes. And so if it were to uh, grow, crawl up and cover your house, uh, your house would quickly become a sodden disaster. Um, and um, as you uh, as you stroll up in the uh, early darkness of the new day, um, there is a uh, there's a pale uh, but clear shadow that you all are casting. And uh, glancing back as you turn along the mud track that you've been told leads to Donald's house, um, <clears throat> you see that Brugon the Gray uh, has risen on the far horizon and is hovering a few hand spans up into the night dark. Um, it's said that um, Brugon uh, is uh, mostly heart and that like a great animal um, its heart is so great that all of our hearts beat in sympathy. And so Brugon is said to um, 
uh, tug at the hearts of the world with its own uh, mercurial emotions. Um, and thus, on occasion, to act as a dangerous crucible for events. Uh, there is that as you approach the um, as you approach the uh, the mud house, um, there is that scent of burning peat, uh, and and from Kian um, from the from much experience, um, you can tell that the peat wasn't cured long enough, and therefore is not burning well and probably smokily. And it's, it's a sort of uh, tangy, rich, coppery, tobacco-y kind of a smell. Um, and, the, and it has a little more green to it, obviously being insufficiently cured. Um, and so it, it hangs thick uh, in the area. More people than, uh, than Donal must be burning it. Um, because almost uh, just a little bit below head height, there's a faint sort of blue pall um, of the of this of the peat mosses burned smoke, sort of hanging in, in lazy drifts in the quiet, cold night air. Um, you can see a, a small light uh, inside, and as you approach. Um, you hear uh, the caterwauling of an extremely ha unhappy infant. Um, as 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 we approach, I think Kian actually stops when he hears the infant mm -hmm. and he at first there's a i think the two of you see him or the three of you rather see him kind of lean forward as if he's about to rush inside when he hears the baby's cry mm. uh, but then he kind of stops himself and then he kind of holds up a hand and says is anybody is anybody inside going to answer um, and he kind of waits and, 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 and waits to see if the baby's crying is going to alert a response from inside the building. Uh, the baby continues to wail. I think Sisyphus kind of moves past you and goes to knock on the door. Um, so uh, unlike uh, the... Um, a Boyne house, which was uh, built on stone and timbers. Um, this house is not. <laughs> and it's built of mud on mud from mud. Uh, and there are, uh, you can see that uh, in, the, in the, the top of the house, um, which is relatively small, there have been moments, there have been thoughts of thatch. Thatch has been applied. Um, but in such quantities that it has largely been swallowed by the mud of the roof and just sort of peeks out here and there um, like an incompetent decorator's unfinished project. Was this house constructed recently then? 
No, you don't think so. It was just constructed shittily. Yes, and the bog is clearly advancing. I see. And so it was probably on dry ground when it was first made. Um, but now is not. Huh. And there's pretty much no stopping a bog, as you might know. Yeah, and the bog, I mean, the advancement must have been re- relatively slow, right? Probably slow, but inexorable. You know, so like inch by day by inch. But like, it's not like the, whoever was inside this house knew it was coming, that it was oh, yeah. just going to keep coming. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and and so there are some there are some large flat stones laid as kind of a lintel stone for a doorway, uh, but there's actually just a thick um, uh, stitching of of uh, red and gray, uh, or uh, sorry, red and white uh, uh, wolf hides. Um, as as Sisyphus kind of moves past uh, Kian. Uh, knowing, thinking better of stopping uh, the, the the lumbering siren, he kind of looks over and, and tries to see if there's a, a window he can instead look through. Um, <laughs> so it looks like once uh, there were windows with shutters and the, the mud of the house has become sodden and the, or in the, and what may have been clay hopefully was clay window frames um, have sort of collapsed. And so now, now the shutters are sort of just sort of stuck in a mud inlay and obviously can't open. So nobody's opened the door after he knocked. There's no door. It's just a hide. It's a thick uh, wolf's uh, uh, stitching of uh, a fine and, and beautiful stitching of uh, red and white wolves hides. Okay, I think uh, by, by Sisyphus, red, I mean like tawny red. Gotcha. Like. I think Sisyphus bends down. Cecile kind of opens it and shouts, "Hello!" <laughs> you, you, uh, as you, um, as you pull the 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 curtain of the skin back, mm-hmm. um, you're assaulted by uh, an the unfiltered wailing of an extremely unhappy infant. Mm-hmm. Um, and a mixture of smells of um, baby excrement and um, and a thick kind of almost to the point of being noxiously thick uh, stench of burning peat moss. Um, and the air seems very thick, very humid inside the, the hut also. Inside the, the house and so you you kind of and in your breath uh, uh cecile's breath catches for a moment yeah. uh on the thick humid air and the and and uh if he had hair it's possible that it would be blown back by the mm-hmm. wailing of the child okay i think cecile says well we don't want to go in there just as sisyphus walks in <laughs> <laughs> well we don't want to ah! <laughs> Uh, I think Kian, uh, rather than because Sisyphus, I, I think I imagine Sisyphus is large enough that you can't get inside while he's. I, I think going he inside. kind of yeah. I think he kind of goes. He ducks down, kind of goes in sideways, and kind of goes in. Right, and so not trying to try to jam that doorway. Kian looks around, is actually uh, 
uh, the first thing he looks for is like fresh footprints away from this house. So, so, oh. so as uh, so so uh, uh, Sisyphus uh, bends down, um, Cecile kind of rocking wildly back and forth as he squiggles his way in through the doorway, um, and then and then sort of like hunches up against, and um, there 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 is in fact kind of the 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 unsteady coal flicker of a, of a hearth. Um, where peat, where bricks of peat are burning, and um, and and it's in that shifting, ruddy, unsteady light uh, that, with uncanny aim, um, something flies out of the darkness, and had it been bladed, would certainly have embedded itself in Sisyphus's stout mm. uh, snout. But um, judging by the smell that he conveys to you. Uh, mm-hmm. As it bounces off, it seems to be a shoe. What on earth do you think you're doing in here, you fucking lizard? Um. Yeah, I think just the giant head kind of looks towards the baby and then kind of looks towards the woman. And there's like um, not so real you, expression. So it kind of it looks just like the statue, but there's this kind of clear bit of like judgment just as it's like, you know. So as your eyes adjust um, mm-hmm. to the ruddy darkness of the house, um, you can see there there's kind of an attempt to create two rooms in the structure uh, by hanging more relatively fine and probably valuable uh, wolf's uh, sewn, cut and sewn wolf pelts. Um, and one side of it has been drawn aside and there's a, there's a, a kind of a mound, which you presume is a bed. And, uh, and there's a woman, you, you can trace the shape of a woman um, sitting at the base of it. And she does in fact have, um, uh, she has, she's wearing a kilt and and kind of swaddled in the kilt in her arms is a is a baby, and although certainly the red, um, the red light of the burning peat um, contributes to a certain amount, you're absolutely certain that the infant is uh, red faced, and and um, and she. So you look at it and, and she and she goes back to trying to to it's a it's a relatively young child maybe a couple of months um maybe five if it's a small baby um and she's trying she's obviously trying to get it to latch onto her bare large shapely beautiful milky breasts mm. Mm. Do you intrude but not speak? Is that it? Get, get out with you! And who are you? And and she hurls her other shoe uh, uncannily at your head, Kian, as you bow to come into the room. Oh, no, I'm still outside. I haven't. Oh, well, so he, sw- he squiggled in, and you could kind of squirge past yeah. his tail if you. No. Because you said you were coming in next, so. Mm. 
Oh, I was, I actually, I say instead of that, I was looking for footsteps out, like oh. away from the hut, but. Oh, um, the squidgy, uh, the squidgy mud of the kind of slightly raised trail where obviously many, 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 many stones have been piled uh, and just, you know, sunk into the swamp um, is not the kind of place that holds footprints. Really? But even though it's mud? Yeah, because it's that kind of like overly wet, gloopy, you know. Uh, so like even even um, Sisyphus's uh, massive rounded footprints on it are already, water is already seeping in at the edges and the edges are sort of oozing mm -hmm. uh, back in. Okay. Anyway, so... Um, so she, you, you can see that she is, um, so she's sort of like with her left hand kind of working the baby's mouth at her nipple. Mm -hmm. um, and with her other hand, you can see she's undoing her other shoe. Um, Cecil, I think, kind of puts up his, his hands. And he's kind of like smacking Sisyphus. I told you we shouldn't come in. We're, we're, we're sorry. Uh, Two arms and four heads. What kind of monster are you? <laughs> Is your child having trouble feeding? Yes. He won't take my breast. Which is something, to be fair, that I prayed to the night gods for <clears throat> for months with my husband to no avail. I might be able to help, if you'd like. I won't hurt the child. Do lizards give milk? Uh, we have... Well, um, I think with them um, being as the, the certain they actually do have live births, like some reptiles do. Um, and I don't think they give uh, milk, but I think um, there is this method by where they... <laughs> you are right, right. <laughs> Although, true story, human males are actually capable of lactating. It's uncommon but it's something that we're biologically prepared to do. Well, Our nipples I'm prepared are not... to do my part. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I think they have this thing where with the really young ones, they do like this regurgitating sort of thing. But um, yeah, sometimes with the, the newly born ones, there's still a problem with getting them to eat. Uh, at this point, I think Kian rounds towards the entrance, um, and is would it would it make sense to um, knock to announce a presence on the lintel, like around the hides? Um, there there isn't there isn't really. That's fine. A discernible lintel. I'll, I'll just I'll um, just call inside. Um, uh, good apologies. These are these Surin belong to me. They were concerned, I think, about the wailing of the child. May I come in? And 
Who the fuck are you? I'm I'm Kean Gallagher. I was oh, looking. Did Batty send you? You can tell that old crone to go shove it. No, actually, um have you seen Donal or or Darrow? Darrow uh O'Boyan. Yes, of course. <clears throat> oh, yeah, come in, good woman. If you must, and close the damn fur, you're letting all the heat out. The baby's right. going to freeze to death as well as starve and break my goddamn eardrums. He, he kind of walks in a little sheepishly, and his expression kind of. Um, he's unable to contain the expression as the wave of hot air hits him. Yeah. And you can see the source of it is there. Um, there are some, uh, there is a small kind of river stone hearth um, and um, some questionably clean baby nappies have been laid atop it, obviously to dry, but there's a pile of unclean baby nappies Oh uh, next, God! Next, next to a clay bowl. Oh no! Right by the hearth. Oh. That are probably the source of the 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 heart of the smell. Oh. So you stand up a little straighter so that your nose enters the 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 nicotine blue layer of smog from the and and you gratefully breathe in deeply of the peat mosses off gassing in preference. Yes, Boeing was by earlier condescending. Condescending. He does little else as far as I can tell. Um sorry. Oh, where's the fucking Was Donald she, here? She 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 kind of leans over the the baby kind of almost like catapulting out of her uh, out of the the drape of her kilt um, and she grabs a jar and uh, and pulls like a wax stopper out of it and sniffs it oh and reaches over and roots around and grabs another jar and and pulls out um, um, and pulls her fingers out covered in some kind of gloopy sticky thing that she then sort of vigorously rubs on her uh, areoli um, and um, and then like and then like licks off her hands uh, spotted also with the tearing of her milk and then like roughly shoves the baby's head against her breast <laughs> was Duddle here Gian says trying to maintain his composure I'll, I'll be right back i'm i'm gonna go call child protective services <laughs> yeah <laughs> twice hopefully uh feels like that breaking bad episode <laughs> no i haven't uh, seen that piece of shit in a fortnight have you seen donald because if you do see donald you tell him he better get his arse home but 
he better expect to have his balls crushed flat when he does. She's a small woman, but somehow you believe her. He's um he's not the only one that's gone missing. Did Bin did uh, Daru tell you anything? It honestly sounded like the beginnings of some kind of nonsense justification for their little boys' club to get away with something. Again. Um, I don't, Again? I, I know nothing about that, but I don't think this is that. Although, perhaps you could... Who, who are you now? I'm... <laughs> kind of... Uh, pauses and... I, no one you know, but I've... The reason I'm here is I was um, sent to look into the Proving Grounds. And Donal... Bin and uh, what's his name? Look into the proving grounds. They've been closed. Right? Well, hallelujah. Well, three of the fighters have gone missing. One of them's dead. So... Dead? Aye. It's not Darrow, is it? It's not. Uh, It's Bin Odair. Oh, well then. See, good things do still happen. (laughs) Do you know anything about that? I mean, I didn't get the chance to drive a hot butter knife through his heart, no. Do you know anything about when Donald disappeared or what happened? Was there anything strange before he left? No, I don't know. Would it be sitting here? Oh, oh God. Ah, oh, the biting. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Things oh. I did not expect Paul to be role playing for us. <laughs> I think Matthew had to go in the other room and throw up. Or shower, possibly. Mm. No, I didn't know anything about us. He went off, and you know, he often doesn't come back. A lot of them go off on stupid adventures and things after they have successful matches and tour around and, you know, are drunk for a week. Uh, okay. It's unsurprising that Donald didn't return that night or the next. So he had a good, he had a good day, is what you're saying? Well, I assumed so. Oh. Do you ever make it up there yourself? Those days are long past. Oh, I see. Mama, who is the big man? You hear from the dark. Oh, Christ, and now you've woken <laughs> the other one. <laughs> no one, dear. It's just uh, friendly spirits sent to help your, mom, your ma'am. I, I don't want a friendly spirit. Shut up and go back to sleep. Well, now that you've woken my other child, 
Is there any other uh, town gossip service that I can provide you with, Mr. Whoever you are? Mr. Nobody I Know. Can I um, do the Earth Speaks poll and get a sense of the, the land? And the house. Yeah, so you're doing an investigation? Yep. The divination investigation. Earth is stinky. <laughs> the earth is trying to cover the baby poop smell by burying it in an anaerobic environment. <laughs> oh, God. Send more moths. Make it sink. Oh. Okay, um, so the Earth speaks is is what you're tapping. Oh, yeah. So it's hashtag roll two d six. Yeah, that's correct. Did you put a space in the beginning or something? Uh, it's slash, not has hashtag. Yeah, it's slash, but that's what he typed. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And you can just type slash roll. Oh, maybe it just took a second. Okay. Oh, no. So, yeah. There might have been a leading space. Oh, maybe that's why I had. Anyway, so that would be an eight. Okay. Right. All right. So, you're going to get one question about the earth. And you can choose whether it exposes you to danger or she learns something uncomfortable about you. Um, Let's have it expose us to danger. Really? (laughs) Okay. Um. So I'm curious, um, let's see, how do I, I don't want to blow this. So I am a little bit curious about um, why the swamp is kind of moving in, but I feel like that might just be kind of part of the terribleness of everything else kind of going on. Um, <laughs> I promise you I will not answer because of the terribleness. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I like how the shine of the light off my forehead is freaking the camera out. Yeah. Um, the other thing yeah, that because I because of the terribleness could answer any question we ask Paul at any given time. <laughs> no. No, no. I'll give you a real answer. This isn't the incomplete fuzzy version. So. Um, and then I, this is not a genie. This is your power that loves right. you. So it will work. Um, yeah, so I just kind of want to know a little bit more about some of the underlying powers that are happening here that are changing the earth over time. Okay. Because my power is a little bit more over the, over time. Yeah. Because obviously something's affecting this place. So, um, so what do, what do, what is, what do we see? What is... Um, presumably uh, Mrs. Olu see as you do this. 
Um, I think that Sisyphus blinks and because um, I think Cecile does better if he can kind of channel both of them. He can kind of do it himself, but, but I think Sisyphus blinks and you just have the, the eyelid or whatever. So it's just like milky white with no iris. And then um, Cecile just goes absolutely I was thinking still. That, uh, I was thinking that um, the uh, Saren have a nictating membrane. Okay, like a second eyelid? Yeah, so they, they, they have an inner eyelid that closes sideways. Okay, yeah. So I think those... A lot of amphibians do. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think for both of them, those close, and then they go absolutely still. Um, oh. So the outer eyelid is still open, so you can kind of just see the milky whiteness. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, so Sisyphus tends to go still often. But Cecile kind of joins them and they start looking just kind of like two form statues. And I think this goes on for like a good 30 seconds. Okay. So we'll, we'll come back to you. Okay. Okay. And so Kian, you were saying, uh, what was I saying? She, she said, of course I didn't know. Oh, you know, he, Yes, of course, I assumed that he had done well. And so, but then. Do you know where Daru went after he left here? Well, he was obviously fucking curious about the other Alus, I must add. Oh, so Bandon, possibly. Um... I think I glance over at Cecile and Sisyphus and see them both completely motionless. Mm -hmm. And I kind of sidestep in front of them. (laughs) Honey, I think the lizards might be dead. (laughs) You hear from the darkness. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry to bother you. Um, If I Fine, Donald, I'll, I'll pass along your message, he insisted. <laughs> and what was your name again? I'm uh, Kean Gallagher. Gallagher. Oh, you're far from home, Mr. Gallagher. I. Hmm. Seems we both are. She, she looks you up and down. Without, um, without a generous um, note in her gaze. Is she also from Olay? Yes, you think so. Uh, it seems we both are, he says to her, meeting her gaze. She has a, uh, she has a look like Flint with her blue-gray eyes. <clears throat> oh, yeah, okay, that's enough. And she, she pulls the baby away from her breasts, whereupon it immediately begins wailing again. <laughs> Is the... 
look. Is the baby... Has the baby soiled itself again? Can I tell from here? It's pretty clear the baby needs changing. <laughs> uh, I, I point... Like, I, I point towards the baby and I motion with my finger downwards towards the, the, the diaper. I think that's... That might be... That might be relevant. Unbalanced as she is uh, switching breasts, uh, she misses your head and instead hits you in the shoulder with her shoe. Right then. <laughs> Have a good night. Which is... <laughs> Which is just when uh, Sisyphus begins to moan. Oh no. Get out. Get out. Get out. And uh, how would you, how were you, were you articulating your question, Matthew? Um, so this is kind of, so the way this happens is I feel like it's, the questions are broader and a little less specific because it's over time. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in what power is at work here and kind of how long it's been going for. Oh, perfect. It's probably more of a sensation than like a clear answer. Hopefully. Sorry, I'm just trying to turn the glare down on my head. There we go. Builder's Road that ran from the crown through just nearby and off into the far distance. It's not just a few inches of stone um, drizzled like icing across a cake. It has bones. It's just the, it's just the, just the, just the head crest on the, on the hungry hunting fish lying in the mud. And it isn't. And it isn't that the road has shifted and the water has shifted out of some sprightly malice. It's that the builder road hates the city now and genuinely wants to destroy it. 
and as uh, Sisyphus raises himself back up to his full height, um, using his brawny arms to crush the roof out of his way, um, and it's mud and wattle and daub and um, small rocks and sticks go flying out across the neighborhood um, to the sound of distant cries that the two of you um, pull yourself back out of a blue-white bath of, it isn't rage because it's not that hot, but it's, it's hate. It's long and slow and blue-white and personal. And it's not of the dragon or the serpent. No, it's something else. It's it's okay. of it's the builder stone, which so. is now below you. Oh, and so um. She shrieks, the baby, well, needing no urge, joins, joins in. And um, you realize there isn't one, but two other children off in the bed in the dark. And they both begin screaming in high-pitched, pipey children's voices. <laughs> Mommy! He broke the house. One of them is is uh, screaming helpfully over and over again. Mommy, the lizard broke the house. Um, she uh, she staggers to her feet, um, uh, kind of rolling the baby in the in the in the, the drape of her kilt uh, so that it sort of swaddles down in front of her and she starts <laughs> picking up clay jars and throwing them at, at Cecile and Sisyphus. Okay. Thank you here, Cecile. Sorry. Hopefully that will improve the ventilation as I think uh, Sisyphus and he built a hasty retreat outside the, the door. <laughs> okay. Um, do you just go through the wall, the the soddenish, muddy wall? No, or... they're going to go through the door. They're going to kind of okay. duck down and okay, duck down again. Um, and as you as you do the uh, the the um, the uh, internal surface of the the hides, uh, well treated as they are, but rough, uh, catch on Cecile's bony protrusions, and he he rips it out of the lintel where. Uh, where it was, or the the header where it was affixed, um, and so he comes out uh, sort of with a, a kind of red and white cape uh, draped across uh, Cecile's legs and down his back. Uh, Claiborne, what are you doing? Um, lights are starting to emerge from neighbors' houses and people uh, with weapons. I don't know. Uh, and, and there's a there's a shrill child voice screaming now into the open air through the broken roof. 
Mommy, the lizard broke our house. <laughs> uh. Claiborne is standing on what path there is behind, uh, f- further away from the house than any of my compatriots. Um, I, I I don't see any reason for him to react. Particularly. Okay. So uh, what is what is he looking at, or where is he looking, or what is he attending to? Is he just watching the spectacle of them coming out of the house? Uh, yes. Okay. Ken, what are you doing? I, I am beating as quick a retreat out of that hut as possible. Okay. You um, <laughs> you pause with a with a child's hopefulness and rack your brain for some spell that could um, make you invisible or <laughs> whisk you into some distant wheat field, but come up empty <laughs> as the shock of the cold night air and the almost acid tang of the the cleaner air uh, strike your face and lungs irritatingly placidly um claiborne is regarding you as um as uh circles of ruddy light uh populate the night like fallen stars as maybe half a dozen neighbors have emerged um, with uh, with torches uh, from their from their huts and are um, fixing their attention upon you. I'm running towards. Here. I'm running away from the people. Yeah. <laughs> so the path most away from the people would be to turn into the bog. I guess I'm going into the bog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Kian begins. Um, uh, splashing away from you, Claiborne, uh, into the into the great um, dark, slightly misty, uh, open water area beyond the houses. So, a few important distinctions: uh, a swamp is a place where um, where there are feet of standing water over mud uh, with trees. A bog, by contrast, is a place of, uh, is a place of maybe a standing inch of water, maybe, uh, with sort of squidgy and then less squidgy mud and um, uh, plant fibers wo- woven together. Hmm. And so, um, 
a bog is in some ways more dangerous because the real water and the bog are hard to tell apart, particularly at night. And um, uh, there are definitely people, that, uh, 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 drunk people, that that uh, wander into bogs and walk happily for hours and are fine. And then there are drunk people that wander into bogs and wander for five minutes and then fall into a hole in the mud and and the water and in, in the thick water where the there is a deeper a deeper place in the mud and the mud just takes them and then there's no evidence that they were even ever there hmm. and then the moss there gets happier so you go running off into the bog um cecile and sisyphus you also towards um, the mud yeah you they're more used to uh, swamps than bogs, but yes, uh, Cecile, you're somehow surprised that the two of your bodies aren't like steaming blue white light for some reason. Hmm. So you turn and um, you get to follow Kian into the bog. Mm-hmm. Um, and as and 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 um, the common people of Mauer being much like dogs, um, seeing you run, they begin to give chase, and so you hear, "Hey, where is he going? You broke my house, you sons of bitches!" Claiborne. What are you doing in this all this alarm? <laughs> You're just standing there pretending to be a statue. No one's heard this before. They are important and I will follow them. I see. Oh dear. And you had just gotten over being waterlogged. <laughs> well, that uh, I took that in voluntarily. It was yes. it was. Um, yeah. I, I I I if I happen to fall into water, I don't dissolve. <laughs> I may be very helpful in a bog, actually. Okay, so you go stomping after them. Yes. All right. Moving slowly as I always do and yet somehow keeping up. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I would like to... So what, what, is your, what is your strategy to get away in the bog? What are you doing? and you're in the lead so you're sort of setting the tone unless somebody behind you does something else uh, I am going to use the voice um, and and I'm going to use the serpent to call a, a mist behind us and hopefully they're smart enough not to wander into the bog 
with mist. Okay. So yeah, as there's a whole story about deaths in the mist somewhere. Uh, yeah, <laughs> relevant. Um, and so as he, as he's running, he notes that Claiborne and Sisyphus and Cecile are behind him. So he's kind of whispering under his breath the the charm of making and and he tries to gather the serpent behind the three of us, the four of us. Wait, yeah, mm-hmm. four of us, and between us and the and the people who are probably still getting together and like trying to figure out what's going on, but like have the mist be as thick enough to to give them the sense that like, oh, if they can't see through the mist, the mist might go on as far as they can see, as far as, far as they know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to do that. Uh, so already a few things have been hurled at you uh, in the dark, Claiborne. Uh, one kind of splooged into your back and the other two missed and sort of splooged into the into the bog. Alrighty, so <clears throat> Can I roll Do you have enough stolen power left to call the dragon's breath? <laughs> oh yes. And so what 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 tags are you using? Breath. I'm going to be using the voice. Perhaps you should show me more, Gamma. <laughs> the voice, the serpent gathers, which is works even better because it works better in damp places, and the land changes. Mm, I don't know about the land changes for this one. Uh, or yes, uh, yeah, that's fine. And mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, let you know. Uh, that uh, there's a scene tag right now of um, the earth hates where the earth also hates. Oh. So that's going to be a, a weakness act as a, as a weakness. Okay. And resist you. That's, that's fine. I'll roll 2d6 plus 2. Yes, please. Nine. Nine. Okay, and so you are. Um, I think your your chain. So so let me know. So let, let's talk a little bit about. So first of all, what do we see? What happens? Because it happens regardless of how you roll. Yeah, I think. Um... Uh, uh, Kian actually kind of turns around and stops running because uh, the his companions are behind him, and so he's kind of waiting for them to catch up. And mm-hmm. and so for his companions who are facing towards him, what they see is as he turns, <clears throat> his mouth still moving, um, and it, the visual effect is almost as if like there's some the the shadow of the bog behind him is like a cloak and as he kind of turns to face them it's almost as if the shadow swirls behind him like a cloak mm-hmm. and as he continues chanting the the cloak uh moves forward with momentum and crashes down into the into the ground before them 
and comes up underneath and behind them as mist. And if they look very carefully, the, the shape of the cloak as it crashes down below them and about behind them is serpent-like, which they've seen this before. Um, and then the mist kind of comes out like a serpent and then, and then becomes intangible, just becomes a regular mist, like it discorporates um, into a mist which blows back towards uh, the villagers behind them. Uh, rolling towards them like, okay. Please, these are these are these are fancy people. These are city dwellers. <laughs> these aren't these aren't villagers. Oh well, they're still rubes. So yeah. Well. <laughs> so the mist rolls towards common clay of <laughs> these <laughs> of this area. You know. These ignorant savages (laughs) 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 of Tuhal, like a billowing ocean. So, here's my question. Do you think this is a convince action, Mm -hmm. or is it a change the game? So are you trying to impose a status on them or are you trying to convince them not to pursue you? I think I'm trying to convince them not to pursue us. Okay. All right. Um, so then as the, um, as the serpent crashes uh, into the bog, uh, the serp- as the serpent's shadow passes into the bog, it, it releases the mist, um, uh, and which, which kind of grows and undulates and billows out behind you, um, swallowing up your vision of the buildings and, um, and all of the old market section of Kerkubal itself. And, um, and their as mist does, uh, you, their voices become tinny. Um, hey, well, where did that where did they go? But rather than it being replaced by silence, their voices are replaced by other voices, murmuring and whispering and crying out just below the edge of understanding. They're over here and the blood. And there are a number of sort of deep, terrifying um, voices issuing back towards you out of the mist and and you realize that as the mist is flowing toward them it's kind of risen up and now it's beginning to sink down and it's coming after you too cecile's kind of writing on sisyphus kind of slapping him Um, on the back keep going buddy keep going (laughs) (laughs) this doesn't look good the wizard did something Um, so you you pass Kian as he sort of as he sort of blinks and kind of uh, flexes his fingers like he can't quite feel them. So he stopped and running. Then 
He did. He stopped running and he he gathered the shadow behind him and threw it back. Um, and the and Brugon's uh, gray silver light is sort of shining and shifting over the over the face uh, over the face of the mist, uh, giving the mist forms and shapes it probably doesn't actually have, like you know faces, and weapons, bodies. Claiborne, what are you doing? Um, Paul, I think I think uh, you and I talked about how Claiborne's perceptions are a little different. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think I would be able to find a safe path out. Like through the bog? Right. Um, like, I perceive things as they are, not as they may appear to be. Like, hmm. uh, sh show me a playing card and I will see that you're holding a, a piece of cardboard. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't think the mist is likely to um, impede his perceptions. Okay. So are you gonna are you gonna try to to gather your sense of the world um, and your sense of what's forward? You're you're currently not in the mist, but it it, it has it did kind of unfurl back toward the town but now it's also beginning to like fall in in this direction. Right. So the mist hasn't struck you yet, but the, the danger more than the mist is the bog. Because most of the bog is fine, but some places, you know, there are stones underneath and, or there are deep places or there's sticky muddy places. Yes. Um, but it makes sense to me with, you know, looking at some of your tags that you, you could pull some of those together and those would be the explanation. So, so, um, so tell us, uh, tell us what, what Claiborne does and what he says and what he shows to us. And then we'll, we'll see if what happens then. My friends, I believe I can get us out of this place safely but I do not know where we wish to go. So cold. Away from the voices. Please, Claiborne. Away from the road. Very well. Um, and he bends at the waist and plants his hands for a moment. Uh, in the water and mud before him, and then stands up and puts out one arm and points. This way. So. Someone says that this will follow.
I believe uh, geology and horizons are both um, applicable here. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. And so is this, so, so again, is this an investigate? Like, are you finding, are you, are you kind of feeling and sensing the right way? Or is this a change the game where you're sort of making a way? Um, I, I think I'm going to embrace the changeable nature of the bog itself, because in a way, bogs are change, mm. and make a path through it. Great. Are right. one of those uh, mythos tags? Yes. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Just what John was hoping for. Yes. Please use magic. Please use magic. Please use magic. <laughs> and please roll well when you use magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use restroom. I'll be right back. Okay. So you're going to want to roll 2d6 plus 2. Mm -hmm. oh, Nine. Boy, you guys are rolling adequate tonight. Um, so you're able to, um, as you, as you continue to hold out your arm and, and walk, it sways right and left, um, uh, following the, the scents of mud and water, um, and not perhaps moving you uh, judging by Kean's discomfort as quickly away from the mist as he might like. Um, and so the, the thin veil of it, the kind of advancing, not so much a fog, but just like there's a sort of a, a thickening of the air all around you. Um, and you have a feeling that were you a man, you would fail to find your way out of the bog because there are strange shapes you can almost make out in the, in the hanging fetid air um, that that just sort of escape acuity for you mm -hmm. um, but Kian uh, Kian has uh, I, I think Kian like lays his hand like tries to get a handful of like your shirt and sort of just like lays his hand on your back mm -hmm. um, 
slightly stickily. Does does he find a dagger handle embedded protruding from my back? <laughs> what they threw in? Yeah, what yes, yes. Okay. In fact, he does. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> a nice, uh, a nice bronze, uh, 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 heavy, heavy handled blade. Loots. Um, uh, so you hold on to the dagger embedded in his back, harmlessly in his back. Bronze. Um, and it's and and you focus on the the semi-solid nature of his form, rather than the 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 mist, which is sort of filling the air in all around the three of you, four of you, and um, so you are able to make it easily, but. Uh, but Sisyphus, uh, either um, Claiborne has underestimated his abilities or uh, can't find a way reliably large enough for you to pass. Mm. And so Sisyphus keeps, uh, keeps whereas Kean's pace is steady and there's a, there's a squelch, squelch, squelch of moss and mud, but, but nothing else. But his feet being much wider than the two man-shaped mm. creatures. Um, he keeps hitting deep sinkholes of mud and, um, and small, uh, small areas, uh, pools of muddy water that look like solid ground. And mm. so um, I just need you to uh, face danger. Okay. And so... Um, so this is either like um, like uh, plowing through it, keeping your footing, or just sort of like giving up and swimming, or however you want to, or or something else, some okay. other way that you'd like to face the danger. Can I use Heart of the Dragon? Because the Surian are known for maybe less bogs, but kind of the swamps. And so there uh, would sure. be a little bit of familiarity there. Mm-hmm. Sure. So that would be an eight. Okay. Um, John, you're still muted, by the way. I'm just covering the typing. Um, so then uh, I'm going to impose uh, status uh, on you um, Sisyphus which is um, uh, lightly drowned one Okay. So you've Her, been um, you've you've been you've been um, face planting and gulping mud and um, you know splooshing underwater and and taking a a little gulp of of water and 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 dirty you know dirty water and, and mm-hmm. you know and getting mud in your nick membranes and. 
Okay. So by the time you reach uh, dry ground at the edge of the bog, you're, you're lightly drowned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think it might be too late since we're, I think we're reaching the end of it, but I'm, I'm, I think I tug on uh, Claiborne's cloak and to, to signal him to hold on for a moment and I look back and I'm checking to see have the are the voices still coming closer or are they have they finally dissipated um, so at, at the uh, you you reach the edge of the bog um, and uh, and the the all of the mist seems to have sort of expanded and thinned out and so there's sort of it's not like a thick curtain anywhere near you, but you can't see particularly far in any direction. And if you think you can, you're probably not seeing what you think you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are there are sounds and voices and movements and slithers, um, but at least in the immediate vicinity, you seem to have. Um, gotten yourself up onto solid ground uh, near uh, near the edge of the bog. The um, the the communion of clay uh, slackens and kind of falls away behind you as you step up onto mere earth. Thank you, Claiborne. Are you all right, Sisyphus? And I think he just sort of coughs up a whole bunch of kind of muddy water. Um, where Cecile's kind of just slapping him on the back, just kind of keeps coughing up more muddy water. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of smashing his his chest afterwards. I apologize that my guidance was unable to save you that discomfort. I suspect we all would have been a lot worse without it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, human wizard, can we ask you a question? Yes, if I get to ask you one right after. Sure. How does a human wizard go around inviting and wielding the power of a serpent? I wasn't aware that was common among your kind. It's not. I try not to do that, but I also try not to be chased by pitchfork-wielding and torch-wielding city folk who are trying so, to murder us. So, so you mentioned you try not to, but I'm pretty sure you've done it like four or five times within the past 48 hours. This is the first time I've done it within the city limits. My question to you is... What the hell happened back there? Oh, we talked to the Builder Road and the structure. 
that's been moving underneath. It's been advancing on the city. It wishes to destroy it. It's been following the swamp. And destroying the hut? Uh, Sisyphus was a little surprised by the death of hatred the Billerstone had for, well, everything around here. Sorry. They make the huts here so fragile. I... This is kind of used to slightly different structures. At the Proving Grounds, it was... He's more of a lean-to kind of guy. (laughs) At the Proving Grounds, it was one thing, but here I didn't want them to follow us and drown. I hope that we successfully discourage them from following. If any of them die... Rather not think about that. So what do you, you are you feel a little twinge? Sorry, uh, Ken, you feel a little twinge of heat from your um, bond. Which bond? Your mark, your your mark of wizardly servitude. Is that heat familiar? What does that signify to me? Um, you don't know. You haven't felt that before. Great. I look back towards Claiborne. You, you are wielding the powers of the serpent. And you, looking toward the Saren, are able to speak with the builder structures and feel what they are feeling. You are all important and I will follow you. Okay, so question for you, Claiborne. We, you got very wet and we saw a skull and a crown and I thought you were a creature of magic, but you look like you're the remains of a human, perhaps a king. Do you remember who that was? I believe you are referring to the structure that I carry within me. It helps me to maintain a human shape. Do you know who it was? No, I do not. Is one structure as good as another? I do not know. Hmm. 
Now, may I ask a favor of you? I think you're entitled. You may always ask. Would you remove this dagger from my back? Oh, I thought I already did when I, <laughs> when I felt it. Uh, in which case, if he didn't notice, I, I pull it out. This one? Are there any other? Uh, uh, I'll check and Cecile kind of slaps um, Sisyphus who goes down with another bout of coughing <coughs> and then he kind of gently kind of runs um, the the deft lizard fingers across your back. Are there any other bumps or protrusions or anything down? Um, you, you pull out a um, a piece of shell shaped it like a dragon, a jagged triangle. Hmm. Well, we have a piece of serpent. I think he takes it and kind of flicks it over to Keegan, if you want that. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else in the back? No. Okay. Wait, what, what was it? It was a piece of shell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the teeth from the water serpents we fought mm-hmm. yesterday. Oh. Piece of shell about about as long as the um, the last tip of your pinky. I, I hold on to it. The Surin have little love of the serpent, and um, you would think there might be a little bit of kinship there, but because they're pretty strongly with the dragon, they tend to mistrust anything associated with the serpent. Thank you. Um, I actually take a look at the dagger. Um, it's a it's a bronze dagger, which I think is actually relatively rare, right? No, it's, it's what a dagger would be made of. Oh, okay. I thought bronze was pretty, like, good quality. It is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So. Does it have any markings of discernible? Um. It has a little, oh, sorry. It has a little, um, a little maker's uh, knot on the. There's, there's a the the handle is a sort of thread work with a ball at the end, and and uh, in the bottom of the ball, there's a little maker's knot, which would probably be whoever in the market, yeah. if it came from here, made it. But otherwise, no. I I put it in my pack. Is the he- Go ahead. I have heard that you humans sometimes name your blades. If that is true and you would like to name this blade, might I suggest naming it hospitality? <laughs> <laughs> Kian looks as if he's about to respond to the first comment, but when you follow it up, he's like, done. <laughs> um, is the mark still... Do I still feel the heat? 
from the mark. No. It's gone. Were there um, were there things that I was there things from the geas that was placed on me specifically that I was them supposed to follow or not follow things I'm supposed to look out for? Of course. Did I violate any of them <laughs> just now? Maybe. Like. <laughs> Oh, uh, endangering the people <laughs> to all. Oh, okay. I was trying to protect them, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you did protect them by kind of, you know, unleashing the serpent right behind you. Yeah, well, they weren't very easily dissuaded. <laughs> <laughs> I tried talking, and then I switched to fire. <laughs> And that officer is why I had to blow up the building behind me. It was building a building understandable. Five dollars, free to go. Yay! <laughs> uh, well, that didn't go very well. I wanted to check on Bandon, but I don't know if now is a good time. Where did Bandon Olu live? Uh, he lives in uh, Clearwater. It is uh, an area. <clears throat> Um, in the northwest part of the town. Oh, so it's a different uh, section. A few miles from where you are. Oh, okay. Normally I would call it a night, but with Darrow missing, I feel like time is more important right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, off we to go towards Clearwater. I don't know if you, if all of you are coming with or. Yeah, we'll follow. I'm grateful. So, uh, wizard, can I ask another question? <laughs> kind of blinks very slowly. Yes. So just to confirm, you're going to finish this task for this princeling. Correct? You're going to figure this out. And then, and, and then what? What do you get from doing that? Get to live. I mean, you might be able to live if you just ran for the Tainwood with us. He um, gestures to the mark where he just recently felt the heat. It's not quite so simple. Will that kill you if you run? Something will. What do you mean something? Someone. Oh. Is that like a tracking? They'll find me. You already met her. She's actually rather not that terrible as far as the mage hunters go. Don't tell her I said that. I think he, may I? He goes to like touch it, Cecile? 
he kind of winces and you've already started moving towards it so he doesn't yeah. move out of the yeah. way. It seems to just be ink. Well, I... Actually, it's a scarification. Oh, is it scarification? Yeah. So they cut him and then uh, worked ash into the wounds. Hmm. So they take this so very hard. seriously here in Tuhal. It's not the kind of thing one easily escapes. Believe me, I've thought about it quite a lot. I've had plenty of time. Ten years, actually. Is this a room that's like on his? What gives the markets power? I feel like if we had the mark of a practitioner, it could be something else. My people do tattoos when they're younger. And when one tattoo is old and no longer wanted, it can be used as the basis for another tattoo and it becomes something entirely different. This, and he kind of points at it again, this is beyond my art, but if you found someone with the art, you might be able to transform this. You might be free. I, I don't doubt that the ruin can be transformed. I doubt that I would survive the transformation. The fact that I'm still alive right now is really a product of, I wouldn't call it fortuitous, but I can't think of a better word circumstances normally they would have just executed me at the spot i have a a question for you a bit of syrian philosophy have you ever yes. <laughs> <laughs> i love how weary he is of the syrian <laughs> We're constantly questioning his place in society that he's already a little bit on the edge of anyway. (laughs) He says, why not? (laughs) You've seen the butterflies in the spring and the summer. Yes. And you've seen the caterpillars in the early spring. Yes. And you know they're linked. Have you seen the, the pods? by which they perform their metamorphosis. I seem to have a memory of coming across such one time, long time ago when I was a child, but yes. Mm. Did you ever open the pod? No. If you were, what would you imagine you would find inside? Something dead. Hmm. Because I had killed it. Hmm. Do you think you would find a caterpillar? Or do you think you would find a butterfly? I think it would be neither. You would be correct. For when the caterpillar goes in, it becomes something else. Something that is neither caterpillar nor butterfly, but is sort of a goop. 
in essence, the caterpillar unmakes itself. It dies. And then it is reborn as a butterfly. When it is in the cocoon, it is neither butterfly nor caterpillar. It is simply a dead thing, raw material for something living to come out of. If you're trying to convince me to become a butterfly, I think you'll have to have a more compelling argument. Then I think I know somebody. (laughs) And screen swipe. There is a scene tag now. Um, The hour is early. It's taken you some time to make your way across the city, and um, the the day began uh, with uh, in the gray hours investigating um, <clears throat> the uh, the teaching pond inside um, the uh, durance of the crown and. The day has gone on long. <clears throat> but here you are, uh, you've made yourself uh, a way around uh, the clear water uh, loch and to the, the small um, cluster, to the small cluster of, um, of houses along its uh, its northern bank that seemed to form a, a little community. Uh, surprisingly, um, the area is walled. The area is what? Um, walled. Walled. It has its own kind of, um, and it isn't an earthenwork wall. They're, um, they're large, uh, smooth, river-worn stones, although where river stones came from around here, you wouldn't know. Um, the large, worn uh, river stones in there. Um, they're stacked uh, uh, with purpose, um, but uh, and bound, uh, it seems, by um, together by the uh, sharp tendrils of blackberry bushes uh, that reach out from the edge of um, the clear water and, and drape themselves in their small, wide leaves over the round stones and um and you sort of make your way around and it's it's sort of like a um it 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 harkens back to um the old sort of ring fort towns that uh, dot mauer and looking at the at the base of this place this may in fact be a small ancient um fortification that has been modernized with houses within. Um, and you come, uh, and there are, um, there are, there's a, uh, there's an arch of stone built on the wall that has been um, cleared of the brambles, but, um, but an evergreen uh, spade, uh, uh, bladed, uh, spade leafed ivy grow curls around the around the arch and and down and drapes itself along the surrounding stones um, and um, there's a stout pole on either side of the archway 
and there's a there's a bowl um, affixed to the top of the pole, and there's the uh, flames dancing. It's obviously a, a uh, an oil flame. Uh, flames dancing, casting some light. And um, uh, <clears throat> you can see there's a there's a stone bench just outside, and there's a um, there's a tall kind of um, there's a tall, uh, interestingly barefooted woman um, with uh, narrow shoulders and a narrow uh, bony face who's watched you walk up uh, um, the the stone walk from the from Clearwater Lock. Um, she has a uh, she has a, a sling um, sitting openly next to her and an open bag full of small round uh, dark stones. Um, and there's a uh, either a cane or a shillelagh or possibly both um, leaned against the, uh, the, the stone <clears throat> next to her. And she has her arms crossed um, under her uh, under her small breasts. She's maybe, she's old. She's maybe 35, um, but she's, um, she's very stern looking and there are um, frown creases indelibly embedded, embedded in her forehead and between her um, bushy, her bushy eyebrows. Um, and she has a mole on her, a prominent mole on her left cheek from which one very large hair grows. Ew. The she, shillelagh, uh, that's like has, a beating stick, right? Yes. Um, and she has, a, she has a short cropped mane of black hair that can um, be described as Corvidian. Um, she looks a little bit, she has a slightly hawkish nose and she looks a little bit like a crow. And she, she sort of, with dark eyes and her arms crossed, um, she regards you. She... And what are you doing here so late at night, strangers? What what kind of clothes is she wearing? Is she arm armored in any way or No, she's wearing like rough homespun. And what and time she's of... wearing like she's wearing like trousers and a like a like a long shirt or tunic kind of a thing. What time of day arms. is it roughly? Uh, it's it's now about ten o'clock at night. So in in some ways it's it's the, the hour is early. Got it. Uh, we're here. We're looking for a friend. She raises one caterpillar of an eyebrow. Doesn't say anything. Do you know a Darrow Boyne? Have you seen him? I can assure you that no one by that name lives here. I'm aware. The last I talked to was his wife. She hasn't seen him tonight. Well, there's no public house in these walls, so she kind of chimes in the direction from which you came. He came to see a Bandanolu, who I believe does live here. 
uh, the the uh, the uh, prominent crow's feet at the edges of her at the edges of her eyes um, grow deep and shadowed as she narrows her eyes at you. And what would you have to do with the Olu? I've answered several of your questions. Do you want to tell me who you are and what you're and doing? I'll answer several more if you want to get in here without fresh bruises. As I said, I'm a friend. And he's missing. Well, he isn't missing here, I'd say. And how would you know for sure? Is there a crime she, against me calling on an Olu? She, she cocks her head at the silence. The quiet, that's how I know. That no boy is visiting a loo by night. Do you know Bandon? And what are you asking about Bandon for? He kind of sighs a little wearily. He and several others have been missing for a number of weeks now. Um, and he 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 the, the caterpillars of her eye of her eyebrows inch closer together as if for comfort. Um, yeah, so he he asked that question, kind of feigning weariness, uh, or answered that question feigning weariness, but he was actually looking to see if there was surprise, and it seems like there was from her. Is that right? Um. Are you beginning an investigation? Sure. Okay. Seems only fair at this point. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I quite agree. <clears throat> All right. Uh, and what are you tapping for your investigation? Just a mundane, uh, perceptive, um, likable, and secrets? If you'll allow it. Um, how does your mission secrets? How does that work here? Uh, secrets is is my is my trade. Uh, the question under mission was like, what what do you what resource do you rely on? Mm -hmm. And I said secrets. Okay. Yay. And then I'm gonna tap. Um, I'm gonna tap the uh, the hour is early. Against it. Okay. So plus yeah. two. It's fair. Uh, eight. Okay. Um. So the answers you're gonna get are fuzzy and complete, or partly true. Two questions about her. 
does she know the Olus? Personally? Um, personally, you, 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 you can't tell from her general negativity. You can't parse that apart mm-hmm. from her personal relationship. But she clearly knows them, but what her relationship is to them, you couldn't say. Um, second question. Has she seen Darrow? Uh, that's why you think she's so irritated with you. Oh. Is, is that somebody's been here. Maybe him. Got it. Um, Kian kind of lifts up his hands in a universal gesture of non-hostility. I gather there's been um, some sort of a mess. I assure you I'm just trying to help clean it up. You don't know what you've heard, but the community of Clearwater is fine. And don't you be telling anyone else anything different. Fine. I'm that doesn't concern me and I won't you don't need to worry about that I'm genuinely just concerned about a friend and I have reason to believe he came this way looking to speak to either Bandon Olu or a relative or is I don't know if he's married his wife or somebody and he hasn't been seen since and that's why we're here If you know something, if you're able to point me in the right direction, if I can take him out of here, it probably would make things a lot easier for all of us. As I said, everything's quiet now. What happened? Your man was poking around, but he's gone. Do you know where he went? Haven't a clue. Do you know in which direction he went? He must have gone over the wall. Does she gesture in a direction? Over the wall could mean a specific direction or could it be any direction? Look, it, it's a circular wall, so. Yeah. What did he do? Start people up. Was he asking questions? What did he ask? What was he looking for? He was being nosy. She says, looking pointedly at you. All right. Would you at least do me the kindness of letting me know who I'm talking to?
I'm Dara. Hello, Dara. I'm Kian. And who are you then? Kian. Um, if we find him, we won't be bothering you again. Could you at least, do you have a direction or a thought where he might have gone, which way? <clears throat> well, he made his way over to the Olus, didn't he? Aye. Would it be all right if we also made our way to the Olus? Is there anyone there to receive us? Well, there's the Lu family, but they've kept themselves better than the rest of us, aren't they? I see. Um, when she says that, am I noticing enmity between her and the Olus? Oh, yeah, she clearly doesn't like them. Ah. <laughs> Well, the Olus have gone missing as well, which is, I think, what do you why mean they've gone missing. Just they haven't been seen, as far as I know, for a couple of weeks. Donald and Bandon, the two warriors from the Proving Grounds. I think Daru was concerned. There isn't any Donal Olu here. He's a man of low repute. Lives over in the old market. I, yes, but they're both from, they're both from Clan Lu, right? Donal and Bandon? They're second cousins. I understand it. Through their aunt, Leah. I, we're going to go to the Lu house, and I have no intention of causing any trouble. So... She looks like she's about to object and then um, and then gets a sort of like curled face and says well then be about it quickly and don't wake anyone else. I won't be bothering anybody else. Visitors in the middle of the night and no better. Get on with you. Thank you, Dara. <laughs> Perhaps you should have a watch before you go, says you, Claiborne. <laughs> Who is it, dear? You hear a voice from the other side of the wall. No one to concern yourself with, Desmond. Go back inside. All right, dear. you make your way past her yeah she uh she reaches over and um slips one wiry bony hand around the shillelagh 
and gives um, and and it's like she can't figure out whether to glare more at the Surin or at the dirty man. So she kind of just glares back and forth between you. It's back to the left against the wall. It's the one with the most ostentatious separate wall around it, isn't it? (sighs) Thank you. Um, So there seem to be a few... um, this is a, it's, it's a very broad circle. Um, and, uh, and so there are uh, more than a dozen homes um, scattered through here. There's even a few trees growing, um, shading some of the buildings and some, some little uh, public spaces. And uh, some of the dwellings um, have like chairs outside or stone benches. Um, some of them have little, uh, sort of little uh, like vertical garden areas. Um, some of them have small walled areas, but by far um, uh, the largest is there's, you know, what would qualify as like a paddock sort of to the left uh, in, in taking up a huge swath against the outer wall. Um, and uh, it's as though somebody made uh, the, the owners made a relatively cunning replica of the outer wall and extended it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you go over and there's a, there's a wooden, uh, a big, uh, heavy timber uh, wooden door uh, held in place with, um, uh, with a, a dowel and rope um, uh, things on doors, hinges, dowel and rope hinges. Um, uh, Very nice kind of embedded in the wall. And um, uh, it looks like there's a, um, um, there's a, like a, uh, on the left side of the door, um, there's a sort of a rope and ring um, kind of closure where there's a, a rope and a ring attached to the walls and the door and a lace through the door. And you put the ring up um, like on a little, one of the rocks at the top that sort of holds the door in place. Um, and the, the ring is, is off. Um, and so the, the, and the rope is kind of slagged down and it's just sort of hanging on the door. And so the door is a little bit ajar. Um, and, and there are a few lights on and you definitely have the sense that like, there are sort of like, you know, draped and shuttered. Um, there wouldn't be any glass, but there would be windows. Um, and there has definitely been the, uh, the, the furtive parting of, of window coverings and the, and the soft, uh, I don't want them to notice I'm opening my shutters to stare at them out of my house uh, sounds as you make your way through the little neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, by contrast, no lights coming from this area. Um, I'm moving as quietly as possible, although not overtly sneaking. Thinks so the door, and there's a there's a large kind of 
It's not squared, but it's sort of a squared circle against the uh, of the wall. And I think Cecil whispers to you. Why are we sneaking like we're trying to steal something? I'm not sneaking. I'm just trying not to wake anybody up. It's late. Oh. You, you hear <gasps> from inside a nearby window. <laughs> Um, they don't sound like they're asleep. <laughs> Certainly, some of them don't. Uh, the the door. The, are we? Do we? So, are we in sight of the ostentatious? The most ostentatious. This is the ostentatious wall. Oh, this is this whole thing. Is it? Yeah. Oh wow! Clearly, the 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 uh, the Olu house is inside this big cordoned off section is there is there something barring entry or can we just walk in it's a door but it hasn't been latched or anything like i said it's it's held together by a complicated like rope attached and a ring and you put over a thing and the door and you said the door was ajar a little bit right yeah mm-hmm. uh i is it the kind of door that you knock or no? Uh, well, it's it's a it's in an outer wall. Right. So no. Is my description too confusing? No, no, no. I I, 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 I think I got it. I was just cons- like okay. I couldn't tell if there was somebody if it was a gate where there was somebody like manning it or if it's just like an outer gate and there's nobody there. I think I. I gingerly place a hand on the ajar door and push it open. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you push it in. There's the, there's the subtle kind of like wind, unwind of the ropes on the dowels as the, as the door swings in to the yard and it scrapes a little bit at the end. Um, there's, a, there's a crushed gravel path uh, that leads forward. There is in fact a little sort of entry paddock with a low wall and you can see, um, and they, uh, uh, they must actually have done very well for themselves. So you actually see a small uh, trough with water and a hitching post, like for a horse. Um, and, and beyond um, the, the low paddock, um, you, see, uh, uh, you see there's a, there's a large building that kind of hulks and again, unlit. Um, back against the outer wall and the the yard around it is split into three pieces and there's there's sort of a there's sort of a uh, beyond this low paddock there's a sort of an open area where there's uh, a small vegetable garden Um, and then uh, on the left side uh, you can see um, there what's obviously like a goat paddock Um, and you hear the little sort of welcoming challenge of one of the little gray goats. Um, and then on the right, um, it looks like it's a, it's a little mixed farmyard with some chickens and a couple of sheep. Do we see any signs of uh, disturbance? Can you oh, you see the two, oh no, that's three of the white black-faced sheep um, have huddled together to become one white fluffy mass and are slowly <laughs> moving away from you behind the chicken coop. <laughs> And I'm sorry, what was your question? 
I was asking, do we see any signs of uh, disturbance or a fight or anything like that? No. Okay. Is there a light, any, any lights on in the building inside the house proper? No. Do people usually go to bed pretty early? Sun, sundown, I guess. Um, I mean, working, working people do because you, you know, you've been up working all the day. This isn't like a like an actual farm, so there would there would be work, but there wouldn't be like the work of a farm, right? Because these are city people, and you're you're actually in the city, um, so they they would probably be up later. And there are lights in some of the houses that you don't think came on just because you came in, but just because people are up. Uh, I think I. Um, oh. And and it's actually even it's actually even the custom that um, in the city that uh, that uh, if friends uh, if people wake up in the middle of the night, like two or three a.m., they'll sometimes go visit a friend. And so actually this is sort of a quiet time and then and and then at the wolf's hour at three or four, sometimes people will be about doing stuff. Um I think I'm gonna approach and it, considering how nice the house is, I'm I'm gonna guess that they probably have um servants. So I'm gonna knock on the door quietly. Okay. Um you go up yeah, it's a it's a lovely um it's actually like a clay um straw bale house which is fairly uh unique for Kirkival. um and it's tall it's tall uh and there may even toward the back maybe be like a second story like a room yeah in the back uh, above the wall um <clears throat> And so there's a there's a there's a very nicely fit kind of uh, a turtle shaped door, um, and as you knock on it, uh, you see in fact that um, for like a handle, actually a small um, tortoise shell has been affixed cunningly to the door to use to like pull to open the door. Um, you softly, and there's no response. I look back at Claiborne and Cecile. Um, you see, uh, you, you look back at them and um, uh, Claiborne with your sort of different sight um, uh, Brugan is now, um, the, the gray moon is now almost directly overhead, casting a sort of pitiless, um, sharp-edged black pool around the feet of everything. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but, almost, uh, but, but almost as a, as a suggestion of something else, uh, Gromgood, the the silver blue moon, has crested the horizon, and so there's sort of like little blue luminous edges, uh, mm. softening everything. Mm. 
uh, and so in that light, uh, 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 Claiborne, you notice that, um, <clears throat> oh, I'm gonna have to change headsets in a minute. Um, Claiborne, you notice that there are uh, signs that someone has, you think has tried to force the door open. The door before us or the door that we came through? No, the, the door in the house. Ah. Uh. <sighs> this door has seen trouble which might go somewhere to explain the unwelcome attitude of the gatekeeper. Um, I look down at, at the, the door, kind of the marks on the ground. Excuse me. Um, I can't, I think you can see something I can't. Does it look like it was successful in being opened? He, he points it out to you and you, and you kind of move so that, um, and you would know Gromgood uh, is a light, uh, it's kind of silver blue, and it said that in she's the keeper of secrets, and that many things which are lost can be found in her light. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, as you move out of the way, and her light shines on the edge of the door, you can see it looks like first it looks like somebody maybe with a knife or something, like got it into the door lintel and tried to pry the door open. And then something larger was obviously used because there's a little damage to the the clay in the straw bale walls. Wow. Um, but it's interesting because there aren't any marks on the wood of the door, only on the clay of the wall. Um, I try the door handle. Let's see if okay, it's not going to knock. Um, I did knock. You, Nobody answered. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Um, you, do you lay your hand on the little tortoise? Um, and it, it's not so much a handle. They don't have uh, they don't have lock technology yet, mm -hmm. so it would just be like a pull handle, like something to grab to pull. Mm -hmm. um, and you 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 pull on the door, and it just doesn't. It's like pulling on a boulder. Hmm. It just doesn't budge like at all, which is weird. So, given what I could see now by the light of Gromgood. Um, does it look like the person failed to open the door? Like they tried real hard, but couldn't get in or? That's your guess, yeah. Um, knocking on this and, door. And actually you even, so as you lean closer and sort of examine the door, um, you even see there's some like clay transfer on the door, like like parts of the wall are sort of splattered against the door. And it, 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 in your mind, you can see somebody with, with like a, with like a, a bronze um, pry bar, like trying it and nothing happening. And then them hitting the door with it, <laughs> like in, in anger or frustration or just right. trying to break the door. Right. But, but there isn't any mark on the wood. 
there's just a clay transfer kind of splatter onto the wood. As if the door's protected? The way the house isn't? Yeah. Right. I don't suppose either of you know how to get inside. After you ask that, you have images of Sisyphus coming up through the roof of another house. (laughs) Uh, Are there any windows? Absolutely. Any Uh, big enough for a person to walk? There are... um, there are three uh, sets of shutters down the, each side of the house. Are the shutters openable from the outside? Well, ultimately all shutters are openable. Sure. <laughs> um, typically the way shutters work is either they just pull closed or, um, or they pull closed and and likely in a house as relatively nice as this one is they'd have some kind of latch or there'd be like a like two ropes you'd tie together or like a rope and a and a dowel that you fit through a thing right you know so that the windows would secure like if there was a big storm mm-hmm. so i'm going to i'm going to try each shuttered window and see if there's one that opens okay um you uh, you try the first set of shutters, and they don't budge the width of the nail of your pinky. Mm-hmm. This feels definitely like magic, right? Yeah. And then on the left side, and then you go to the, or oh, I get, I guess you're probably going to go into the side with the chickens rather than the goats. Mm-hmm. Because goats sometimes get ideas. Right. <laughs> um, so you, you go to the... Hang on, I'm just going to switch. Oops. Can you hear me now? Uh-huh. No? Hmm. I can. You can. Okay, good. Lovely. And I sound okay? Better, um you go to the you go um to the second set of shutters and you see that one of them has obviously been broken and pulled back into place from the inside oh Hmm. okay so i try to see if that one i can open oh yeah absolutely It, it comes right out in your hand and i i climb inside <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, you you climb through the window um, and pass into the relative darkness inside the house. Um, it uh, you can see there uh, as you you clamber through and put your feet on the floor. Um, you see that there's a like a small table and um, what must have been like a clay pot with some. Um, some uh, herbs or something in it 
is like knocked over and the pot is shattered and the earth is across the floor and there's uh there's you know pieces of plant and stuff mm -hmm. um, it looks to you like the like the house is is set it kind of divided into at least three sections and this is like the middle section of the house and so um there's a you can kind of make out in the in the demi blue gray gloom coming through the window. Um, you can make out a hearth, um, but you don't feel any heat. Um, and oh. you can make out a, a number of rugs, probably furs on the floor. Um, and you feel, and this is like a, um, it's like a tempered clay floor. Like they've made, um, like they've made big, um, uh, semicircles of um, of clayware uh, tile and set them with something. I'm gonna made furs over them. I'm gonna open the door for the others, and or I'm gonna try to. Okay. And and I'm wondering also if this kind of magic, the whatever is magic, is holding the door and the window shutters closed. Is that mm -hmm. actually kind of um, not uncommon for the wealthy? that they could hire or procure that sort of a protection to keep their house safe or? I mean, um, like for a wizard's house in Cajal, it would be totally normal. Like, oh, I can't open any of the doors or windows. What a shock. Right. But here, that's weird. It's weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, further, further supporting the echo in your mind of uh, Dara's bitterness. Um, they even seem to have and hold your panties. Doors inside the house. <laughs> and um, the door that leads to the front section of the house um, is is uh, it's it's of a similar shape and size, and it has a tortoise shell on it, just like the the one that leads outside, and is similarly unbudgeable. So he can't let us in? No, he can't get into the room that is the front room of the house. Where the front <laughs> door is. Do I see signs of frustration there too? Uh, yeah, you see a couple of obvious where somebody has obviously hit the wall next to the door and and like carved chunks out of the wall. <laughs> oh, fucking Darrow. <laughs> And then, and then, as you look, um, you see the obvious impression of a fist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what? So what, this room I'm in is this some sort of like storage room? It seems to be like a like a like a living and work area. It may be where they eat. It, weirdly, it doesn't seem to be where they cook. How rich are these people? Um, so there's a hearth, but there's no like, there there is like a swing, um, like a like a swing hook, um, a really nice bronze swing hook, um, but there's nothing, there's no cauldron or anything on it, and the fire, and it's totally dead. Mm. The, the the hearth is totally dead, um, and there's a table, and there's another door that leads further out toward the exterior wall. And all, all the doors in here won't budge, right? Uh, no, you go to that one, and it, it pulls. Uh, so no I quickly go go back to the window, and I tell them 
there's another door in here that I'm going to check into. I could actually probably get Cecile and Claiborne in here, right? Oh, sure. So I, I kind of beckon for them to come in. Okay. Cecile will jump on your back. <laughs> like an attack monkey. Yep. <laughs> Is this why? Obviously, when you were inviting them in, that's what you, you meant, right? You might, you, you might be light for Sisyphus. But <laughs> how big? How how big is the seal? I mean, he's like five feet tall. I mean, or he would be if his legs worked. Yeah. Oh, oh god. So he's more yeah. like four feet tall, but he's pretty thin, hmm. like a giant lizard. So I don't know, maybe forty-five pounds or something. Hmm. Okay. I mean, you definitely feel him, but right. I don't know that he's particularly heavy. Okay. So I grunt and, so- and I. And so Claiborne and you said, Is this wise? Or I think we left wise behind yesterday. Can I ask? You seem to disapprove when I entered the other house, and yet you've entered this one. Well, the what is the difference? difference? The difference here is that nobody is present. Well, I didn't think anyone was present at the other one. Oh. We didn't quite make sure of that, which is why I was waiting. That woman's child's going to die. <laughs> oh my god. Have you seen sorry, have you seen Doctor Sleep? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh. You know what I'm thinking? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh god. <sighs> yeah, he just kinda looks uh, at you sad from back of the head and just kind of um, it could probably Ke- be Kean, prevented. Kean looks obviously discomfited by that, but he does say, well, two of them made it. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, I don't know how many didn't before, but, you know. Only the bog knows. Oh, God. <laughs> she a gig. I try the other door, the one that you said opens. Yeah. Claiborne, what are you doing? Uh, I will come in through the window and follow them because they are important. Okay. Um, um, carrying Cecile appear to be a, a burden for Ken. Yes. puny. Cecile, I can carry you easily if you wish. Well, if you think that's okay, if you think that's important, (laughs) I'm happy to (laughs) switch over. And I think he kind of clambers over Mm. like a little, like a little um, lizard backpack. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Some reason right now, I only, I picture Cecile like Kermit the Frog. Yeah, with a, little, with a little string on the hands, like oh, do, 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 do. yay! <laughs> Where does the other door lead? So you uh, you you pull the door open, and um, it seems it's a strange room. Um, it it's 
it obviously has like a like a um, like a, a hearth uh, and like a food preparation area, um, but the other side of the room seems to be some kind of art, uh, like a it's like part textile, which is not maybe that strange, but part like textile production, um, and then um, and there are. Uh, you and you can you can barely see now but you can tell that there's there's like um there's like yarn and wool and stuff sort of everywhere um over there um in something of a confused disarray <clears throat> as if some very impatient person just fucking turned over everything looking for something? Uh, no, because it's not like all sort of piled in one area or anything. It looks more like, it, yeah, it's, it looks more, um, it doesn't look like a, like an immediate mess. It looks like something that's been messy. Oh, okay. I, I look for signs of dust. It's been a while. So you basically cannot, you can like barely see anything in here. You oh. and Cecile. Uh, can I turn on, can I light a torch or something? Oh, yeah, just flick the switch. and No, light a torch. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're rich. <laughs> uh, they're, uh, they're, you, you hunt around a little bit, and there are some reeds. Uh, there are some, like, you know, reed torches uh, that have been dipped in, um, in resin. Um, but there actually are some, also some uh, candles in mm. candle holders. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, they're, uh, yeah, so they also uh, flagrantly waste money on candles. Those fuckers. Those fuckers. There's people who are hungry out there. Something is strange here. What'd you say, Claiborne? Something is strange here. There seems the to be air a... air feels cold. What do you mean by that? You mean like it did back in the swamp? No. What did you call it? The bog? Do you feel it? Now that he mentions it, you do feel a draft. I feel hmm. a draft, although... As if we were outside. Hmm. Did I leave the window open? You did. But does but it feel a, like? But you're a room away now. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, maybe there's air moving through, but like, they've clearly got a, a really nice, you know, stone hearth, and so it must have a, it must have an airlet, because um, there aren't enough windows in this room. Um, so like if they were. Go ahead. Uh, you said that, that I did find like candles that I can yeah. light. Um, I'm going to look at the candle and see if the flame moves in a certain direction, like as if looking for air. Um, yeah, so you, you light the candle and turn, um, paying attention uh, to the candle flame, and it, it seems to be pulling toward you, weirdly. And then as you turn, you realize it's pulling toward the... Um, pulling toward the doorway that you came through and you look back where that came from and um, 
Cecile sort of following your gaze as well. And, um, and you notice that in the middle of all of the, the complex uh, yarn and wool, which you realize now looks a little, not a little bit like a spider's web. Oh no. Um, you see that there is a, a large door in the floor uh, oh. that's open. And the air and the draft seems to be coming out of there. <laughs> I think so, Kian actually oh, says out loud, oh, no. fuck me. <laughs> and and I and I think we'll cut uh, tonight's adventure there. So I'm just wondering if the proper response to that is just to close the door and then put the <laughs> table on it. Yeah, just the table on it. Right. And it's like, all right, problem solved. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, um, so geeking out during the credits, um, what did you enjoy about your fellow role players this evening? Oh, it was a lot of things. I believe that you humans sometimes name your episodes, and I would like to suggest the name Hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, done wow. <laughs> I just edited the notes <laughs> um, I loved I loved uh, Cecile uh, Cecile's curiosity and the questions that you were asking <laughs> and Kian um, enduring oh, them was fun Yeah, a little bit more Surin philosophy and I, <laughs> I loved your little face just like oh not again. <laughs> <laughs> Why does every time you mention Syrian philosophy, you try and make me look like an idiot? <laughs> it's just a happy, that's just a happy benefit. It's neither a caterpillar or a butterfly. It's just a pile of dead goo. Don't you want to be dead goo? <laughs> <laughs> for quite, so for about how long have you been talking? <laughs> I, I also loved Claiborne, the the first hospitality usage with the dagger. That was yeah, awesome. I liked that one too. I liked Claiborne taking a little bit more of an active role mm -hmm. in today's thing, kind of taking more of the direction of the lead and offering more opinion. So I like seeing um, a little bit more of Claiborne being a little bit more assertive as we yeah. learn more about him. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, even though, uh, and even though Kian, Kian in character is, expresses a lot of exasperation, uh, I actually, as a player, enjoy very much that the two of you are like, both of you are sort of like, wait, so what is okay and what isn't okay? That both of you just sort of like, wait, the law says this, but it's okay in these circumstances? What is that? And Kian kind of having to like reflexively justify everything that we're doing. <laughs> no, it's okay because I'm human and you guys aren't. Right. At least Claiborne's not all human. So I can do it and you guys can't. End of discussion. Hmm. <laughs> it's convenient. Um, 
I, I have to say that in that disgusting mud hovel <laughs> with the stench and the unclean diapers and the woman putting honey on her nipple trying to get the kid to latch on, uh, to, to have Kian try to mansplain to her that the diaper needs changing. <laughs> was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, oh, yeah. Ma'am. That's um, why kids crying. <laughs> this just needs a lot of help right here. You just pointed to all of me. Yes. Yes. That's what needs the most help right there. Just all of this. <laughs> all, of, all of this. All of this. This, you know, this it, just it, isn't okay. It would almost be a mercy if some enormous lizard walked in and just <laughs> broke the ceiling. Because now something's going to change. Mm-hmm. Hooey. Well, and see, now she's, now she's been victimized mm. by, by slaves and monsters. Yeah. That should please her. <laughs> well, no, but it'll probably get her the condescending, the at first uh, uh, supportive, but later condescending support of her neighbors. Mm. Yep. God. Yep. I and can't what did imagine your husband do why so Donald, that you deserve that? I can't imagine why Donald had a girlfriend that wasn't his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Just couldn't possibly figure that out. <laughs> Maybe maybe it was just a chance to like go and have a break. <laughs> I loved the I loved the like why do you keep using the power of the dragon? Why do you keep using the power of the serpent? serpent. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, let's do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, very very nice. Let's both keep pointing fingers and then both keep doing it and causing destruction everywhere exactly. we go. In in your wake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But the dragon is the force of life. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so, uh, so any hurt or harm uh, toward the other, or any help or hurt uh, toward I the other players? I, I have not been spending that either. Because we haven't been doing a ton of rolls. Um, so am I keeping the all the hurt points yeah so any all, all all the help and hurt that you accumulate and don't use it it persists okay i think i have a hurt towards john for maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. barging in and destroying a roof and maybe making your life a little bit difficult in some of the negotiations by being a somewhat uppity parasite so, so that would be that would be key in having a hurt towards sisyphus oh but I, I already have a plus one hurt towards Cecile. I know, but you can have a plus two. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking, actually, I think I want a plus one help towards Claiborne because of um, him guiding us out of the bog. I think Kian was actually very grateful for that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I could see him having a plus one towards Keegan for pulling hospitality out of his back. <laughs> well, it might have been scraping a rib. 
It was a very hospitable action. <laughs> yes. I do like the transition between the very hospitable house and then yes. the next three in which there is no hospitality <laughs> to be found. Like we were like spoiled in one and then it's like, bam, bam, bam. It's like, wow, makes you appreciate what you got last <laughs> Yeah, it's like after that first one, I'm like, man, all the people in this city are really nice. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, it was oh, just no. those two. Just those two. <laughs> which which I think is genuinely also part of the reason why Keen's like, we really got to save Darrow because the rest right. of this town, fuck those people. I know, right? Fuck <laughs> them. Darrow seems like a decent guy. Uh, and uh, uh, Dara I think her name was Mm -hmm. Dara Dara. yeah Yeah, she she claimed that uh, uh, Daru must have gone because he's not here he must have gone over the wall and I think we're we're discovering that he's not necessarily gone at all Mm. Yeah, I think he might have gone. I, I, my suspicion, which I'm sure we'll find out maybe next time, is that he barged on the door, failed, fucking walked around, woke up people, yelling at people, and then went back to the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then found his way down, which is why the door is still open. Yeah, yeah. All right, mm. and, uh, I'm going to close now um, episode five, originally titled The The Beloved, Mm. obviously retitled Hospitality. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to title this Beloved Hospitality. Oh, I love it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) 